once verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 325 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, and your weekly report on all things Star Trek. Recorded live on Thursday, July 6th, 2017, and available for download or streaming on Monday, July 10th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Kenna. And I'm Tony. All right, Tony, what do we have coming up this week? This week we are trekking out why you shouldn't get too attached to any of the characters in Star Trek Discovery. And we're also dealing with the bombshell that James Marsters from Buffy the Vampire Slayer could have been the star of Star Trek Nemesis. In Star Trek Online and other gaming news, the Infinity Lockbox is back with some new goodies in preparation for the Season 13.5 release. And Star Trek Timelines has launched a new Klingon mega event. Later, Jake and Cookie are over on the promenade, and they'll be convincing us to part with some of our hard-earned gold press latinum, or not, as the case may be. And of course, as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open up our hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Captains, you know we love keeping hailing frequencies open throughout the week, so please feel free to reach out to us and join us in the discussion. You can reach out to us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast. We're on Twitter at priority one pod. Or shoot us an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Your submission could be spotlighted on next week's show. Thanks again to all of our Patreon supporters who keep our show going from week to week. It really is all down to you guys to keep the show on the air, and we really appreciate it. So if you are able to make a financial contribution, we would really appreciate it. Head over to Patreon.com forward slash Priority One and see what we have to offer. And even if you can't make a financial contribution, just sharing the show with your friends or leaving us an iTunes review, every little bit helps. And just before we start the show, a little reminder again that we're always looking for members of the Priority One listener community to join the team and help contribute to our little corner of the galaxy. We're currently looking for audio editors. If you think you might be interested, send an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Now, let's trek out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's trek it out. You know how we keep suggesting that Star Trek Discovery really needs to push some boundaries in order to keep up with today's storytelling on television? Well, it looks like showrunners Aaron Harberts and Gretchen J. Berg aren't letting Star Trek tropes hold them back. Not only are they prepared to break Gene Roddenberry's cardinal rule of no interpersonnel conflict aboard a starship, but no character is safe, as in, they can be killed off. And according to another exclusive interview with Entertainment Weekly, at least one of them probably will. In the interview, Gretchen Berg said, quote, Game of Thrones changed television. They almost made it difficult to fall in love with people because you didn't know if they were going to be taken away from you. That show's had an influence on all TV dramas that have come after it, end quote. However, Aaron Harberts added this, saying, quote, 
death isn't treated gratuitously on this show. It's not for shock value, but when it happens, we want to make sure that people really feel it. End quote. Can I can I interject here? Those words were literally taken from our mouths. I think they listened to the show. Pretty sure. Because Pretty sure. we said we mentioned gratuitous and mm-hmm. we've said shock value. Like word for word how we hope that these things will not happen. Yeah. I think that they listen to the they're, show. They're pretty sure. I'm pretty much sure. Now, now, what they need to do is that is they need to make sure that do the consents death like really like you know hams it up so that people know that they're about to have an emotional touchstone before somebody dies. So he's got to be right. like, right. whoa, everybody, you, you are ooh not good, not yeah. I think that we need to. Hey, it'll be a useful tool to prep people for the in, uh, imminent demise of their favorite character. I I want after after somebody significant dies, I want him to to look at camera, zoom in, and go. That's the Star Trek. (laughs) 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 Only when they have Chris Pine as a guest star. That's the only time they're going to do that. It's the only time. Uh, And then immediately segue into dance party. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, Maybe not. Maybe not. Well, he said. They want to make sure that people really feel it. We, well, we need to make sure they don't take. We don't we need to make sure they don't take all of our suggestions. We need oh, okay. to make sure that we throw out okay, some ones right. that they, you know they can, right. so they're not blindly following our lead. You know, throw out <laughs> some things out there they can clearly reject. You know, that that would probably be one of them. Now, let's not forget that over the course of the last fifty years in uh, Star Trek history, we've lost some major characters uh, both on film and television. First was Spock, though you know he did come back. Uh, later in Next Generation, Tasha Yar. And later in Next Generation, also Data, he was uh, he died in Nemesis. And Voyager, Kess sort of dies, but I mean, did anybody really miss her? Not really. And in DS9, we lost Jadzia Dax, but of course, we got Ezri back. So most of these deaths were the results of a contract being up, or actors wanting to move on, or being sick of playing Spock, or et cetera, et cetera, and changing their minds. Uh, but never because it was planned or designed to tell the story. Their deaths were a result of what was happening behind the scenes in real life. Now, in the case of Discovery, however, we should go into this expecting to lose a character, much like we do when we sit and watch something like The Walking Dead or Game of Thrones. Now, as terrible as that may sound, you have to admit that that type of storytelling really is driving water cooler talk at work the next day. Like, you can't scroll through your Facebook feed moments after a pivotal episode where someone is killed off on those shows without there being a a, a firestorm of chatter. But guess what? That's amazing. That visceral anger, that sorrow or satisfaction of losing a character for the sake of forward-moving plots is, is really what ignites an audience and gets them talking. It's that buzz that is one of the reasons why I started watching The Walking Dead, for instance. Now, Gretchen comments that, you know, Game of Thrones was a trailblazer for this. It really wasn't. It was really The Walking Dead, and even before that, Breaking Bad. Battlestar Galactica. And Battlestar Galactica, too. That's a good point, Tony. That's a really good point. So, a lot of, you know, this has been the direction that, that television has been going, and as long as they don't do it gratuitously or for shock value, mm-hmm. and you're given time to invest in a character, and then it... You know they have to die for one reason or another. I'm fine with this. I'm fine with this t- storytelling. You know, it, not everything is is sunshine and roses in real life. The problem is the balance between making it count for something and doing it because, well, that's how you do TV these days. The pro and that, that's especially the problem with their whole two pilot thing. So if we are going along with their 
reveals so far, and we understand we're going to be introduced to these people, and then there's going to be a thing that happens, and we're going to get reintroduced in the second pilot. If they kill off a bunch of people in the first pilot, it's going to be, well, bye, see ya, nice, you know, th- thanks for thanks for playing. But if they, you know, if we get through an entire first season, then and maybe get to know them a little bit in the second season, and then they start dropping. That gives people time to sort out where those people belong, and when they're gone, there's a genuine hole there. Mm-hmm. It's different in Game of Thrones where they kind of like are all over a continent, right? And some of these people don't see each other for months or never run into each other. It's different on a starship uh, or even two starships. There's two little communities there, and if someone's not there to do a job, you miss them. Mm-hmm. And this week's first community question is, what is your most memorable Star Trek death? Let us know in the comments section for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO325 or by interacting with us on Facebook or Twitter. Well, Captains, here's another hashtag Trek nugget to add to your collection of awesome Star Trek trivia. It turns out that actor James Marsters from Buffy the Vampire Slayer auditioned for the role of Shinzon in Star Trek Nemesis. Yup, your favorite vampire is also a huge Trekkie that's been attending conventions as Spock since he was a wee lad. Unfortunately, he fanboyed out so hard at the audition that he bombed it opposite Sir Patrick Stewart. In an interview with Sci-Fi Wire, he shares the story. My favorite moment was looking at Picard's face when I was acting opposite him in the audition for the last Star Trek movie before they rebooted because they wrote a role for me as his clone. And I just had to read the part, but it was basically mine. And I was horrible. I was god-awful in the audition because I was fanboying out so hard to be in the same room with Jean-Luc Picard. So, and I could see his face and he was like, he's like pulling for me, he's trying to get me to act with him, and I could see in his eyes like, wow, this just is not working at all. This is, this kid is terrible. Can I just say that, uh, listening to this, uh, he actually claims that it was written for him, and that he did so badly right, in the right. audition. Isn't that interesting that he claimed, yeah, that, I, <laughs> yeah, I did notice that too. I, I took it with a grain of salt, because mm-hmm. uh, that's a tall order, and for something to be written specifically for him, and then for him to bomb it that badly, mm-hmm. you'd think that he'd have a second or third chance to kind of make up for it. But if he mm-hmm. bombed that one, you know, an audition, and they said no to him, mm-hmm. uh, he may have been exaggerating a little bit, or maybe he heard the story from the producers differently. I don't know, because at the time, I can't remember when Nemesis came out, but like, dude, he was great in Buffy. It's two thousand and two, <laughs> I think. Those nemesis. Well, we only can imagine how different that movie would have been. <laughs> yeah. I, there's nothing that could have saved that script. That's true. Um, they could have thrown Jesus, a joystick Tony, in there. can you go through one trick it out with you not poo-pooing? Man, I used to be the poo-pooer. What is happening? Tony's absolutely right. This is not him poo-pooing. Star Trek Nemesis was a terrible, terrible, bad film, and I wish it had never been made, and it's embarrassing to the entire franchise. Just saying. Wow, that's heavy. That's heavy. Not, I mean, Star Trek Five level. We'll oh, let no, no, history no, no, no. be the judge. We'll let history be the judge. I'm not even going to rant. I may rant at another point, but I'm not going to rant because I could rant <laughs> about Star Trek Nemesis. Well, captains, that wraps up all the news from the Star Trek multiverse. Let's talk about Star Trek Online. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. 
Well, Captains, welcome once again to Star Trek Online News, where it's all quiet as we start to gear up for the launch of Season 13.5 in just over a week. As is tradition, though, just before a half-season release, we've got an update to the Infinity Lockbox. The new Infinity Lockbox will be randomly dropping in space and ground combat now through the 18th of July. These lockboxes can be opened with master keys, available for either 125 Zen or through the exchange for... Yeah, a lot of energy credits. This time around, we have both a couple new additions to the lockbox and a couple of upgrades. Let's start with the upgrades. The Zindi Aquatic Dreadnought Carrier has a new Tier 6 version, the Briostris class. In addition to a shiny new coat of paint, it also now features a Science Command Bridge Officer slot and a Universal Intel Bridge Officer slot. It's also got a new Universal Console, the Enhanced Cascade Resonance Catalyst. Now, hey, there's some Trek no Babylon compounded for you, <laughs> which deals kinetic damage over time to enemy ships. And it's got a new starship trait, Chemosite Overload, which applies an area of effect radiation explosion to your first hit of beam overload. And also the Zindi Reptilian Escort got a uh, little boost as well. It's got a new bridge officer seat, one for engineering, temporal operative, and a universal pilot. Like all Tier 6 escorts, it's also got a new heavy weapon, the Heavy Proton Charge Launcher. The Universal Console for this ship constructs a fully functional weapons platform that fires phased biomatter at your enemies, and the Starship trait Self-Replicating Hull boosts hull regeneration when you divert auxiliary power to any other system. If you don't like the look of the new ships, well, don't worry. Lead ship artist Thomas Maroney confirmed in a tweet, quote, Like all the other Tier 5 to Tier 6 lockbox conversions, you can use the previous skin even if you don't own the Tier 5 ship, end quote. And now on to the new additions. For the Federation, it's the Atlas-class prototype Dreadnought Cruiser. For the Klingon Defense Force, it's the D-9 Dreadnought Battlecruiser. And for the Romulans, it's the Thry Dreadnought Warbird. All three ships were originally featured in the Undiscovered lockbox, and all three ships are, of course, Tier 6. Also new to the Infinity lockbox are a selection of specialty consoles, starship traits, duty officer assignments, and training manuals, all of which have been ported over from the Undiscovered lockbox. For more details on exactly what's been added, we'll leave a link, of course, in our show notes at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO325. Yeah, I'm still not going to be buying any keys. <laughs> we, we do this every time that a, a seasonal update comes out. The, the, the most recent lockbox, uh, which was not the Undiscovered, it was the... With, help me out, I can't remember. It's just been retired in place of the Infinity Lockbox, so they'll do that for a week, uh, and then we'll get uh, whatever the new one is that comes out with the season 13.5 update. But it's still the same mechanic. It's still a gamble. It still costs money or a whole lot of energy credits. Yeah, it's not. It's technically not a gamble. Okay, it's technically not. Okay, it's technically not a gamble because you are actually receiving. Uh, for low buy or whatever. No, no, no. You, 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 are, <laughs> rec- you are receiving yeah. a, 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 a stack of virtual items. Now, as an as a extra added bonus, there's a chance of getting something else. It's, yeah. Um, and it's it's unfortunate because there's a, there's a lot of... I mean, there's so many exciting things, and it is an exciting thing, and I love reading the blogs and all this new stuff, and it's just not a mechanic that I will ever participate in, unfortunately. 
Well, moving on to other gaming news, Star Trek Timelines has released another month-long mega event hot on the heels of the successful Borg event back in May. The new Klingon event, entitled A Good Day to Lie, features new gameplay and new special characters to win. Like the last event, this one will run for four weeks from July 6th with a different episode or special event each week. The first event, running now through Thursday, is called Scales of Power and explores what happens when Chancellor Martok goes missing from the Klingon High Council. The next events are called When Giants Walk, The Heart of the Empire, and Blood for Blood. According to Disruptor Beam's post announcing the mega event, quote, Players will be challenged to hold the Klingon Empire together while fighting off beasts from Klingon mythology, identifying nefarious parties profiteering from the muddy waters, and finding and reinstalling Chancellor Martok while there is still a chancellery to save, end quote. Featured characters for this event include, among others, Klingon Neelix, Ambassador Kalar, General Martok, and the mythical first Klingon, Kortar. Once again, the mega event A Good Day to Lie is on now and runs through the 3rd of August. We'll leave a link to the announcement and the accompanying trailer in our show notes. It's just like a whole like Martok kind of theme going on in the uh, Star Trek gaming world at the moment, isn't there? Mm, yes. It does. It does. Kind yes. of interesting. I haven't managed to get into it. I updated my game, but I haven't actually managed to get in to play it. Um, I was kind of half expecting them to uh, to announce that J.G. Hertzler had, had, had put his voice in there. He's available, um, I guess. <laughs> Evidently, he's yeah. into the whole Martok thing at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, they, they may have used voice clips of his uh, already, I think. Think they, they use voice clips of a lot of the characters, and I'm not. I think that's sort of licensed directly through yeah. CBS from the shows rather than the, you know right. no, new voiceover. But it's really good to see because uh, we when when I interviewed Aaron Prince from Timelines uh, a few weeks back, we we weren't sure yet whether they were going to be able, whether they were going to do a new one of these mega events. So it's good to see that it clearly was successful enough. They've they've got another one. In, in pretty short order, actually. So that that's good. It's exciting. Also, uh, I don't know. I didn't see anything in the text here, but Star Trek Adventures just released their uh, PDF uh, rule set. So that's available um, if you have a, a, a RPG sort of a hobby and you're interested in checking that out. Uh, Star Trek Adventures from Odiphius Games has released their uh, PDF version. So you can uh, go to their website and check that out if you are interested in that. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes for you guys to get from the show notes. So that's it for this week's Star Trek gaming news, and it was kind of a quiet week. But this is a great opportunity to get some feedback from our listeners. As I'm sure you can probably tell for us here at Priority One, gaming, and especially multiplayer gaming, where we interact with other Star Trek fans, is an integral part of our fandom. So one thing that we hear uh, relatively frequently from our listeners is that they like listening to the show, even though they don't play Star Trek online. So we want to hear from you about uh, your gaming habits or other ways that you interact with the Star Trek fandom. So that's our community question for this week. Are you a Star Trek gamer? If you are, what do you play and what do you like about it? And if you're not, are there other ways that you get together with other Star Trek fans? Tell us about it. Now, let's head over to the promenade with Jake and Cookie. Hey, welcome back. I'm Cookie Cupcakes. And I'm Jake Cobb, and this is The Promenade. Jake, are you okay? <laughs> oh gosh, were you robbed right here in the middle of The Promenade? Uh, sure. Hmm. 
Okay, what really happened? Can you just... My hands. Oh, right. Sorry. So what happened? <laughs> uh, I was trying to make a cosplay costume. Oh. The tape got away from me. Oh, Jake. Poor little Jake. It was going to be really cool, too. I'm going to a history convention, and I was going to go as my all-time favorite history icon. Ooh, let me guess. Zephram Cochran or Albert Einstein? Wait, 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 wait. I've got it. Galileo. Ah, so close. You ready for this? Yes, tell me. Eddie Money. Boom. Who? Eddie Money, famed late 20th century rock star. Take me home tonight. Eddie Money. I'm still not there. Take me home tonight. I don't want to let you go till you see the light. Something about my baby. Oh, okay. I knew you'd remember it. I'll show you the costume when I'm done. Can't, can't wait. Can't wait to see it. Until then, though, let's get to it. It's convention time, and that is exciting stuff. The breaking news, the celebrities, and of course, the cosplayers. And in theory, I love the idea of cosplaying. In practice, on the other hand, not so much. It's expensive, and I don't have the physique to pull off Klingon armor, much less Starfleet scant. If only there was something inexpensive, comfortable, and flattering on any form. But there is. Behold the Star Trek Starfleet Command Science Officer, Engineering Officer, and Starfleet Command alternate t-shirts. These Roddenberry.com exclusives are 100% ultra-soft, heavyweight cotton and reflect the simple yet easily recognizable design of the original series. Each badge matches its color's counterpart, so Command Delta on yellow t-shirt, support services on red, and science and medical on blue. To be clear though, that does not include the Red Cross medical worn by Nurse Chapel, but the traditional double circle worn by Dr. McCoy. The Starfleet Command alternate t-shirt is the green wraparound Kirk variant, with the insignia twisted 90 degrees to the left and moved to the bottom corner of the shirt. I don't get this one. I don't understand it. This is the second time now where there's been green showing up. Did you notice last month there was green too? Why is it crooked and why is it green? Have you looked at the picture? Yeah, I'm looking at it. It's that, you know that wraparound he wears? It's like a pistachio green. Yeah. I'm not as knowledgeable with TOS stuff as I am with TNG, so yeah, I probably just need to brush up on it. Eh, maybe a little. Given the choice, I think the good captain may take the t-shirt, though. It's pretty comfortable looking. In regards to the insignia mentioned, according to shop.roddenberry.com, quotation, the custom-made insignias are not screen-printed, nor are they patches. Instead, an innovative method was used that utilizes flex material, also called apparel film, and flock. The gold areas of the insignia are flex and feature a metallic look. The black portions of the insignia are made from flock, a velvet-like material with a three-dimensional look and feel. The gold flex and black flock are individually placed components that are precisely cut on a vinyl cutter, then applied with a professional heat press, not a hand iron, using very high temperatures and pressure, machine washable and dryable, end quote. Sizes range from small to triple XL and are currently on sale for $20 US. I think these t-shirts are perfect for if you want to go to a convention, but you don't want to cosplay, but you kind of do a little bit, but you want to look like casual at the same time. You don't want to cosplay on purpose. You only want to do it ironically. Lazy man's cosplay. (laughs) (laughs) 
Speaking of cosplay, I just went to a convention called Convergence in Minnesota. So check out Priority One Podcast Twitter at Priority One Pod if you would like to see the pictures. Ooh. So StarTrek.com has released some pretty fancy looking wine glasses. They're more of like a boxy looking wine glass rather than the traditional round or oval looking ones you normally see. They come in four different styles, United Federation, Original Series, Voyager, and The Next Generation. I personally like the United Federation style the best because I can picture Starfleet officers drinking out of them at a Starfleet command event. Yes. Kind of a universal symbol. Mm Mm-hmm. So when I was thinking about what to talk about this month, it seemed like a good choice. I thought, hey, what could go wrong, right? (laughs) Wine glasses, simple. (laughs) Well, I looked at the description, which you have to click more details to even see, and it said, California residents, please be advised, as per the Prop 65 warning, the colored artwork or designs used on this product contains lead and or cadmium, a chemical known to the state of California to cause birth defects and other reproductive harm. So I looked on the CA.gov website, and the proposition was enacted in 1986, so they've known about it for a while. And it requires businesses to provide warnings to Californians about significant exposures to chemicals that cause cancer, birth defects, or other reproductive harm. Keyword here, significant. It has to be significant for them to even use this warning. If it wasn't, then they wouldn't have to use it. Uh So... Like what the what the heck? Why would StarTrek.com make these glasses with lead and cadmium in it? And it's a significant risk. Mm-hmm. What are you, what are you doing, StarTrek.com? Why? So basically, don't buy these. Do not buy these glasses. And if you do, don't drink out of it or touch it. <laughs> I I'm not sure what's more disturbing that StarTrek.com has released these, or that California is the only place that warns you about right? it. I know, right? I was like, good thing for California. Yeah, right? Go California. Why don't? Why doesn't all the states have that? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, they yeah. could add that to their little California commercials, you know, with the, all the Arnold Schwarzenegger all the golfing and all. And, and we don't have lead poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> the California raisins singing about how tasty they are and then mm-hmm. that they're not filled with lead. Yep. So there you have it. Eddie Money is underappreciated. Links to the items discussed can be found in the show notes, so please be sure to check them out. Have any comments about the segment or anything discussed herein? We'd love to hear them, so let us know what you think on Twitter, Facebook, or in the comments section. And remember, you keep an eye on the stars and fireworks. And we'll keep an eye on the market. Until next time. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See? And a big thanks to Cookie and Jake for this week's reviews of Star Trek products in the promenade. Now we're at the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Episode 324's community question was, have you played Star Trek Online's Kobayashi Maru weekend event? What did you think? Via PriorityOnePodcast.com, Chiyo Umiku wrote in, Hey guys, it's been a while since I've gotten to post... Last year, I lost my home, my mom, even my computer. But I'm back, and I'm back into the game. Throughout this entire ordeal, your podcasts kept me going. And my mom, well, she got me hooked to the original series. And so when I got my feet back on the ground, I was finally able to play the Agents of Yesterday faction. And as such, I've dedicated my TOS crew and ship to her. Thanks, Mom. You made me a Trekkie, and I'm proud of it. 
As for the Kobayashi Maru, yes, I did get to play it, and I loved everything about it. The endless waves of different enemies we faced make it hard to have a singular build set up for it. I hope it stays permanent, because the intro voice of the distress call using the Wrath of Khan movie clip was a brilliant touch. Thanks for a great show, P1, and for being there when life felt the worst it could be. No, it's such a really nice thing when somebody yeah. uh, can write to us and share that kind of thing with us. And I'm glad that we can actually have a positive impact in someone's life. Thank you. You know, I've been doing this long time. I've been doing this for seven years now, going on seven years. You guys aren't that far behind. Um, you know, it's it's. Uh, I'm I'm speechless that you know this show. You know, we cover Star Trek news, and, and, and it's it. I'm speechless, and, and I'm so very grateful for your email um, and your message. Um, thank you, Gio. Thank you. 99% of the time, this is just something we do for fun. But every once in a while, it, it is a nice reminder that people out there do count on us in some way, shape, or form yeah. to show up every week. Yeah. And so we do keep showing up every week. So thanks yeah, for the comment. Exactly. And he was looking at 400, right? <laughs> he was looking at another 325 episodes. Oh, and then we'll quit. Sure. Right. Yeah, that's That's enough. <laughs> yes. We'll hit 750 and we'll be, that'll be good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God. From Twitter, Daydreamer at the Stargaze says, Beautiful map that is challenging. I did not get past level four on my best tune with epic gear. I'm science and more of a groundie. From Facebook, Joy Brooks Rose says, I enjoyed the Kobayashi Maru event. Was a bit puzzled by the Maru moving around when it was supposed to have been struck by a gravitic mine. As a science captain and armed with healing abilities, I was struck by the fact that at times it appeared I was doing no healing to the Maru. Though distance might have been a factor and closed with the Maru until I was within 0.5 kilometers and fired off my heels, nothing. This did not occur all the time, but enough so that it bugged me. Surely my crew are not that inept. Otherwise, it was an enjoyable event and one I look forward to in the future. I, I think we, we had talked to Steven. He did say that the heels were nerfed on purpose uh, for this and with the lagging problems they were having, it might have been that you were throwing heels at it and the server wasn't updating. So keep at it. But I think heels are nerfed in, the, in this uh, uh, encounter. From the Star Trek Online forums, Tyler Maxwell wrote, Man, I don't think I made it past level five in that queue, though that was all with pugs. Hopefully I'd do better with a proper team setup. The main thing for me is those affixes, especially the one that locks your ship in full impulse so that everyone is bouncing around the map like ping pong balls, as well as the one that boosts the damage from warp core explosions. Those are brutal. From Facebook, Mark Prados, I like that you had to focus on keeping the Maru alive and not just destroying things. I also like that there was no reward for failing miserably. From Twitter, Loot Critter says, what do I think? It was like being told you're about to meet William Shatner in person, but instead you got a cardboard cutout. Ooh, that's a bit harsh. Ooh. This is a lose-lose kind of, <laughs> it's a no-win ah! kind of situation. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't even realize that I was doing that. But, like, you can't really... <sighs> I mean, what do most people want from... Do... The Kobayashi Maru in Star Trek Online, do you really want it to be a no-win scenario? That you literally can't win. What, what I mean is, like, if you wanted to be in a fit, like a like a, a, a faithful simulator of what the Kobayashi Maru would be like at Starfleet Academy, it's just going to be largely frustrating and annoying um, because nobody would be able to beat it. Uh, but or it's going to be the no-win scenario, which people worked really hard to, but eventually you get to beat it, and it's got the you know the tiered. Um, 
the name, the titles mm-hmm. that you can earn and all that kind of stuff. But it's never going to be the Kobayashi Maru because uh, the best players in the game would figure out pretty quickly that they can't beat it. And then everybody like, oh, well, what's the point then? So, yeah, yeah it's it, what can you do? What can you do? Keep iterating on the on the mission design. That's what you can do. Mm. From Facebook, James Salette wrote in. I don't understand why the Maru flies around when it's supposedly disabled, but the queue was fun until the Borg showed up and turned the ship into ash in a heartbeat. <laughs> Hope it comes back. Good, quick, pew, pew. Not poo, poo with an H. <laughs> and from Twitter, Hippie John says, what did I think? Let the image below speak for my mindset. After this scenario, I could not win. And he attached a picture of a man in a shower crying uncontrollably. Not just any man. <laughs> no, that's not just not any just man. Not just any man. Tobias Funke from Arrested oh, Development. Right. Yeah. Oh, there you go. David yes. Cross. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's, yeah. That's Never nude. That it, that it incorporates many, <laughs> many things. From Facebook, Josh Truax. I was away from Star Trek Online on vacation for the long weekend, so I only got to do two runs on Thursday. My first impression was, meh. Just some peck in space. But I hope they bring it back soon to see if it grows on me. Why is a mission like this so short-term? This and Mirror Event. Like, those two... Tentpole events. I know, but... It... Yeah, but I, I, I know what you mean, Elijah. I think uh, Arena of Sampek and the Kobayashi Maru should be permanently left in the game. Because it's something then that people can strive for. Whereas... Mirror Universe and Crystalline Entity, they're different. You're getting big rewards from them. But you know what? All right, so maybe not permanently. I see why you want to draw people in, you know, like a featured episode or whatnot, but at least a week to give people a chance. I mean, I would like it for the purposes of this show because we can't tell anybody about it until after it's already happened, which is kind of difficult. But I totally get why it's only a weekend event because um, by giving us a series of programmed weekend events, uh, the average player is logging in at least once a week. And it's that consistency of logging in on a regular basis that is, on the whole, uh, keeping their revenue stream solid. If they left right. these in the game, people would play them, then they'd get bored, uh, and then they wouldn't play them again. But here's what a good weekend event, in my opinion, would be, which is like a bonus reward for doing, you know, dead queues or something like that. That's a mm-hmm. nice event. That's a nice temple event. Now, and I recognize that, yes, th- these are new events that you want to try to get cheeks back in seats. But realistically speaking, I think that Star Trek Online tends to lead, lean more towards casual players, people who maybe log in at most, if at all, an hour a day or, you know, five hours total in the week, which means that they're, we're busy people. And I'm including myself in this because this, this is how it is for me, too. Mm-hmm. I was in rehearsal all weekend. And if not in rehearsal, people were celebrating the 4th of July in, in, the, in the United States. Not, I can't imagine that very many people were able to log into the game and, and try the Kobayashi Maru enough times to give it like a legit review. Yeah. You know, or to say one way or another whether or not they liked it. So, okay, maybe don't make it permanently in the game, but at least at least a week, at least we, a week long. We could do it on a, on a week rotating basis because we're, we're out of the featured episode right now. We're in right. between featured episodes. You could do it a week instead of the, just the weekend. That would right. be nice. But, you know, we're not the ones watching the metrics, are we? From Twitter, at STO underscore Shane said, only got one run this weekend, but I enjoyed it. 
With a heel-heavy carrier build, it was something to do besides endless pew-pew. From PriorityOnePodcast.com, Sean Newboy wrote in, Wonderful show, everyone. Thanks, Stephen, for stopping by and talking with us. I played the Kobayashi Maru about four to five times between two to three characters. Got up to level 13 in one. All were pickup groups. Worst one was about level three. And the Doomsday Ship showed up and one-shotted the Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> Darn the luck. Yes, everyone wants the Tier 6 multi-mission ships. The Vaseline, the Palpatine, <laughs> and the Equine variants. Nice. Nice. That was good. That was really yeah. good. I want the Dramamine. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, this week's title at Tuesday on the Twitters, our winner was Mike Keefe with his caption, Set phases to studying. So this week's title at Tuesday was a picture of Tony and I at last year's yeah. Star Trek Las Vegas convention. Uh, he was in his monster maroon, and I was in my Star Trek Online outfit. And you know, where where we have our we're embracing each other, and we're kind of giving e- the, easy, giving easy, a thumbs easy. Up we weren't kind embracing. Of, we that arms we on shoulders, embracing. kind of a thing. It's, a, it's an embrace. It's like a Tony. bro Just hug, kind it. of thing. Bro hug. Yeah, it's it a cousin really to a bro, bro hug. hug. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so uh, we had a lot of really funny comments uh, this, this <laughs> week. Um, these are going so great because I get a laugh out of, <laughs> out of every one of them. And uh, more specifically, it has been pointed out to us now several times that Tony and I uh, seem to be... Um, we, we have... We have, we have fa- facial features that seem to... Be similar. We have similar in some taste, aspects. Similar taste in facial hair design <laughs> and glasses shapes. And glasses. I mean, I mean that's, yeah. I mean that's where it starts, and that may be where it ends, but it may be strong enough that it sort of overrides everything else that that's you know wildly right. different about the two of us. It, see, the problem is both of you have the goatee. So which of you is the evil twin? Apparently that's both. We're apparently both. It's impossible yeah. both, to know. We're both yes, evil twins. Yeah. <laughs> no one will ever know. No. <laughs> and again, thank you so very much, everyone who takes part in those Title of Tuesdays. We get such a kick out of them that you guys can't even imagine, mm-hmm. and uh, and it, it brightens it brightens our Tuesdays, our whole week for sure. So so thank you so very much for participating in those. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Well, that wraps up episode 325 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. For more great podcasts like Mission Log and Women at Warp, go to podcasts.roddenberry.com. But before we go, here's a reminder of what our community questions were for this week. What's your most memorable Star Trek death? And are you a Star Trek gamer? If you are, what do you play and what do you like about it? And if you're not, are there other ways that you get together with other Star Trek fans? Because we want to know. Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Leave a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com or on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast or tweet us via at PriorityOnePod. Don't miss a thing from the world of Star Trek. Catch our episodes every Monday by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Thursday nights at around 11 p.m. Eastern. Keep an eye on our social media channels for details. And if that wasn't enough, you can join us in Star Trek Online in the Priority One Armada. If you're interested, just head over to PriorityOneArmada.com and sign up today. 
This episode of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash priority one. And even if you can't make a financial contribution, please help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going. Don't forget to tune into Priority One Productions Guard Frequency Podcast at guardfrequency.com. Covering the role of space sims, including Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, Descent Underground, and many more. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. Thanks to our audio team, led by Michael McDonald, with assistance from Brandon Parker and Jake Morgan, with support from Midnight Shadow 7 of Hollow Sweet Media. Speaking of Jake Morgan, a big thanks to him for all his additional contributions, including Title It Tuesday and all our social media endeavors. A special thanks to Henry Pomper, our graphic artist and web designer. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Thanks to Patreon associate producer, Navy Boat Slew. Most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners, our friends. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. Dun, dun, dun. Can we add that sound effect, please? <laughs> Audio note. As is tradition, though, just before a half-season update, we've got an update. There's too many updates in that update, traditional update. Can you update the show notes to not have that to many updates? To not have so many updates. You give me an update when you're done with that. And let's make it clear that if you don't have pants on, number one, we don't want to know. And number two, that's okay. Now, as I'm sure you can probably tell for us what? here, huh? As sure, sure, sure. Hang on. Jack Daniels, sock him. Just for the taste of it, <laughs> Irish whiskey. Each badge matches its comp. I'm sorry. Each badge. <laughs> you sound <laughs> so defeated every time you say I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay, Jake. It's okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it sounds that way. But <laughs> that was kind of sending. I'm sorry. <laughs> Captain and armed with healing abilities. I was. Wait, did you read the name aloud? No, no it was Tony. Don't was supposed need to read Tony because last week I said Tony from Facebook. Right, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I was like, what's that about? <gasps> that was that was Tony. Don't read your own name. Right. I got that. Right. Got it. Okay. Got it, all right. Got it. So. So, I'll go ahead and start over. Tony, don't (laughs) read name aloud from Facebook, Joey Brooke Rose says. (laughs) 
you can you can smash the angry button like in multiple times look watch because i'm gonna do it now like whatever yeah man kenna you are the worst (laughs) i love you puppy (laughs) no no you don't get any you don't get any spanish loving today (laughs) (laughs) oh he cut you off today damn that was harsh bro I'll give you some some hearts as well. Worst episode of Priority One podcast ever.